Welcome everyone to the Ty and Bob Pod here at Go Long, GoLongTV.com and on Substack. Greatly appreciate everybody out there who subscribes, who supports. We are completely independent. No sponsors, no ads, no bullshit. Just you. Just the readers, Bob. Completely powered yeah. by our readers, which is how we like it. Think for ourselves, speak for ourselves, write for ourselves. Uh, it's always a pleasure when we have the chance to break a little bread here. So how are you, Bob? First of all, I'm doing. what did you dress up for for Halloween? Of course. I haven't done that in a while, Tyler. Uh, I can't say I did anything. Now, how about you? You got the little ones there. We do. We uh, we went full Wizard of Oz. My wife is a uh, a Halloween connoisseur. She always goes all out. Locally, she's somewhat of a legend amongst her friends for her costumes. So we uh, definitely went Wizard of Oz. I was the Tin Man, and Gina was the Bad Witch. I think the Bad Witch is a name. Ella, our four year old daughter, was Glenda, and Sonny, our two year old son, was the Lion. The cutest little lion boy. And then Ed was Dorothy. (laughs) We found an old dress around the house, some red socks, and threw it on Ed. And yeah. He handled it well? He did. I mean, I guess this is where I say Ed did turn five years old, so he's old enough to pick his gender, right? I can poke fun at the current madness in the world probably going to piss somebody off with that one but that's okay if that's controversial it shouldn't be controversial it's insane i'm sorry five-year-olds i to stop myself short there bob yes it was dorothy <laughs> <laughs> i think took that it, witch took it in gr- stride took it in stride i think that thing has gramelda Ah, Gram- oh, yes. Gina. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Did you like The Wizard of Oz? Was that what? You're probably yeah. old enough to remember when it came out, right? The 30s? You're here. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, watched it with all my kids many times. It's awesome. Yeah. The Wizard. Yeah, it was a fun time. Lots of candy, which is great. You know, everybody's just so generous. Door to door, house to house, getting to know your neighborhood. I love it. It's just, it is pretty cool. It kind of hit me. This is a really cool thing that we do as human beings, just to go to each other's houses, say hello, share candy, yeah. catch up. Uh, but now we've got a lot of candy in our house, and they want candy the second they wake up. <laughs> woke up at 5 a.m. immediately looking for their bags. <laughs> Kit Kats, Butterfingers, Reese's. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's get down to business because people aren't tuning in to listen to, you know, our five year old dog dressing up as Dorothy. They want to know what in the hell is going on with the Green Bay Packers. And as always, we're gonna whip around the division, touch on a few different games, but we got to start at the start. The Packers are two and five, one game out of the number one overall pick, I believe. So I don't know if uh, fans have entered that conversation, if they're already, you know, Photoshopping jerseys on college prospects and are checked out on the 2023 season, which is kind of nuts because realistically we got into it on this show. We're thinking playoffs for this team. 
as a real yep. possibility with all those first round picks on defense with veterans, they re-signed some of their own and with Jordan love at quarterback, it's a, it's a complicated team to discuss and we've been doing it often here and we're going to do it again here. But I think as always, the problems run deeper than one player than one quarterback. It's not necessarily pretty at that position, but it's really not pretty anywhere you look on this team. So Initial thoughts, Bob McGinn. Underachieving, uh, Tyler. Um, they have players. Now, they have a bunch of weaknesses on this roster, but they do have players. So much, such a young, young talent core, though, you know? And uh, did they go too far on for youth? Yes. Now they now they dealt Rasul Douglas, which I thought was a great trade because I don't like him. I never have. They got to find out about Stokes. They got to find out about Valentine to get a third. Now they gave up a five, but so let's call it a three and a half or a four with the, on the draft pick. But I don't like Douglas, and I don't think he's really if if this team continues to lose, I don't think he's going to be motivated. He could be a finger pointer guy. I think it was a great trade by Brian Gutekunst. Um, just a terrific move. When I saw that, my jaw dropped. I said, man, what a move. It's a great pick. The jaw dropped? Douglas does not tackle well. He does not run well. He's only going to get worse. Man, to get that from the Bills. Now, he might be all jacked up to play with a contender and be ready to go. And he is a threat to make big plays. We've talked about that forever. But he's going to give stuff up. I don't like him. I think it's a great move. But anyway, that's the, the Packers. Uh, they're two and five. You know, uh, they got rid of a starting player. And um, they're not very good right now. I had the same takeaway, too, on that trade. It's uh, one of those moves that will get everybody all excited in Western New York because they're just looking for Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott to, to do something to help a team with the Super Bowl window. But, but yeah, I, to, to get any draft capital, it's, it's not ideal. You know, it's a, it's a sign. I, I don't know if it's like waving the white flag, uh, but it's a definite sign to the future that they're more concerned about 2024 than 2023. I mean, it's a position of depth for them, Tyler, with Stokes, another number one, who's I assume he's going to be back fairly soon from this. What was it, a hammy? And Valentine, who has looked pretty good. So do it, man, you know, do it. And they did it. Great stuff. Best move they've made in quite a while. You've been critical of the GM, and I want to get into the GM later, but this is going to be quite a juncture in the career of Brian Gutekunst guiding this this organization. Um, you know, without an owner like Mark Davis firing people at 1 a.m., I think it's safe to say Brian Gutekunst will keep his job. Uh, Matt LaFleur, probably too, barring total calamity. So, yeah, they're the ones that have to fix this. All right, where do you want to start? With the 24 Let's go on the positions. defeat. The pack only had two starters missing in this game, Bakhtiari and Savage. Uh, eight penalties in the first half, kind of booed off the field. Man, they're slipping into uh, yesterday's news, irrelevancy. 
empty seats. You know there's going to be a bunch of them against the Rams Sunday. So let's start looking at the receivers. It's just a young core, Tyler. Uh, St. Brown is always open for Detroit, right? He's just a comfort zone, and Laporte is getting to be the same way. Musgrave, no separation from Josh Metellus, the nickel safety from the Vikings on third and sixth, incomplete. I'll tell you what, Laporta gets that separation. Um, Reed, Jaden Reed has that long bomb uh, snatched from him by, was it Metellus? Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, okay. I think so, yeah. Pick. Dobbs has a drop on the sideline. Um, Watson. Penalty blocked prematurely on a bubble screen. Miss Metellus on another bubble, a gain of only two. Wicks has a drop on a slant at the four. It was just a terrible, terrible day by that uh, receiver core, wideouts and tight ends. Let's move on to the O-line. Um, I just don't know about Watson. You know, he did so many good things last year, but a lot of it he was just running free with his speed and Rodgers would put the lay the ball on him off play action or whatever. I just don't know about this guy. Um, okay, the old line. Well, they benched the left tackle, tackle Rashid Walker. Ineligible downfield penalty, wiped out a third down conversion. Gives a sack to DJ Wanham. He had late hands on that pass set. False start late. Uh, so they move him out of there and they go with Nijman, the guy who had started last year and some the year before. He played okay. Um, they can't. Myers on a third and one. Dylan misses a yard. Myers misses Hunter, Hunter Phillips inside. That, that's what ruined that play. He gets bull rushed by Phillips later and gave a sack with a few, with about a minute left. Don't like Myers. Jenkins was back. He's doing. He's okay. Runyon was all right. And Tom played pretty good. Gave one up, one sack to Hunter late. That's it on the old line. T. Let's move to the QB. Okay. Um. Well. Before I make any general comments, and I don't know, let's just look through all the things that happened in this game. We'll go from start to finish. They, he made a fantastic play on third and one. He eludes a dead sack by Metellus, flips that thing for 18 yards, hit Dobbs. It was unreal. I mean, you remember that play. It was fantastic. Throws inaccurate to the flat, balls drop. Four three and outs to start the game. Booze. Uh, takes a sack in 4.05 seconds. He had two checkdowns and read open. He just could not pull the trigger. Gets a delay of game penalty. Low on and out to Dobbs. Third and long, he runs. He had no chance. He doesn't slide. Tyler, the guy's going to get hurt. He's not sliding. He's going to get hurt. Sideline near intercepted by, uh, by Bynum. Um, Lobbed it in the hole. Very risky throw. Throws wild in the flat to Musgrave. Awful pass. Blown timeout. Clocks at 0-0. So he ran out the end of the half. Ran into his own man climbing up in the pocket. Takes a sack. Terrible two-minute at the end of the first half. Second half. You know, Flores didn't really blitz him much. He just said, let's let Love try to read and let 
these receivers try to sit down in zones and do what we're doing. Never right. happened. Um, that's probably the less blitz percentage he's had all year. Hurry up. They went garbage time mid-third quarter, and that's when he gained a lot of garbage yards. And, you know, not garbage yards, but that's the only time he re- they, they succeeded on offense was in hurry up. Wild in the left flat, incomplete. Loaded Dobbs, incomplete. A great toss in uh, when he was in the grasp on third and seven. He hit Wicks for 10. Phillips had him. Very strong individual love. Fourth and five on the 10. He bird dogs Dobbs inside, and Bynum gets the PBU. Stared him down all the way. Takes a sack in 3.5 seconds. That's holding the ball. Third and 16, the key play there. Uh, throws incomplete to Watson. He was not open. And then on fourth and 16, he runs against man coverage, gets 15. He could not run over Harrison Smith. And that basically, uh, he felt yard short. Um, boy, the last note I had, effortless. He threw a 52-yard pass in the air, 52 yards to Dobbs. Just an effortless flick. It was beautiful. It shows the arm strength. So that's it for Love T. He's got a messed up uh, receiving core. That's a bunch of young guys, and it's just we went through all the individuals last last week. There's no take charge guy. Love is not a take charge guy. Aaron Jones is not. I don't know anything about. I don't think Lafleur is. Stanovich looks like a tough old offensive lineman. He might be, but the offense is kind of without a rudder right now, and, and Love is just uh, treading water. Tyler, you're you got the floor. That's such a great point. There really we, we we got into it last week too, but there isn't that vocal, demonstrative leader that you need on a football team right now. When you're two and five, when you you really can't get into anything on offense. It's so true. I really their only offense is coming in hurry up situations. End of half or when you're down two scores. And I don't want to minimize it because even this could have been a game. If if Wicks catches that, that was it that, that slant on second down, uh, may, maybe he scores. If not, it's close. You're at the one or two. And I know we're playing this what-if game, and you can do this with any team, any game, any Sunday, but that's yeah, 24-17, and it's a different game is what I'm saying. And and there is something to be said for a quarterback who can stare down twenty four to three and respond, and and that's what he did. I mean, I don't even really that interception. He really can't throw it any further with the DB over the top, and he can't throw it any more underneath with the one underneath. I feel like he kind of put it where he had to, and Reed has to make that play. A receiver has to make a play for him, and they're not making plays. What did, what did Matt LaFleur count? Six drops. Um, you mentioned the Luke Musgrave early on on third down. I mean, you're a big tight end. You're a physically imposing dude. Wrestle that away. Just do something for your quarterback. Help him out here. They're not really getting that. It's very blah. Everything's blah. The scheme, the play calling, the quarterback play. The receivers are worse than blah. The line is often worse than blah. And this is what you get. You get a team that can't score 20 points in a football game in 2023, five games in a row. Uh, 
you know, I talked to Kurt Warner earlier this week about it and he kind of said it a lot of the same things that you did, Bob, and people can check out that story later this week. It's not like Jordan Love is bad. It's not like he can't function as an NFL starter. He's convinced he's an NFL starter, um, but he's taking all this other stuff into consideration. The line, the play calling, the lack of talent, all of that. But even then, you want to see something pop. You you would like to see, and you, and you did reference a couple of those moments for Jordan Love. Maybe maybe we are seeing some of that, but more of that. Like, okay, you're not going to the playoffs this year. You're a year, two years away from contending, uh, but you do need to know if Jordan Love is going to be a part of your plans. And so you want to see those plays. You want to see those moments. I think that's what that, this season is about for Green Bay at this point. Yeah. Just seeing something out of Jordan Love that gets you excited. You referenced the booze, uh, the three and outs, the blase dead feel to Lambeau Field is kind of justified by the way the offense is playing. It's going to be really easy for everybody to point the finger at Jordan Love, but uh, it's deeper than that. And I don't even think you can blame the dead money, right? I mean, there's the, there's got to be veterans out there to, to help that could have helped in the offseason that maybe they could have signed. I don't know. Nobody comes to mind, but. Yeah, it's just just functioning on offense is going to be a chore. All right, let's finish up the O with the running backs. Um, Jones dropped that ball in the right flat. He fumbled. Uh, Dylan, you know, they, they, they fell behind. I don't know. Jones has got to. He's got to get off this pitch count and play, you know. I mean. Season's half over. Jones had uh, 35 snaps, Dylan 35 as well. DeGora, you know, a third-round pick, Tyler. I hated that pick the second it was made. Third-round pick in 2020. There's no impact there. He comes across, and I've always talked about him as, yeah, he's a tough guy, but he does – but if there's a moving target that he has to block coming across on a wham, there's no body agility there. Uh, he just yeah, he had a miss on a bubble screen. Just a wasted pick, you know. All right, so let's go to the defense, Tyler. Okay. Um, all right, D line. You know, DJ Slayton had a pretty darn good game, Tyler. He uh, he stuffed Bradbury on a a carry for no gain. He penetrated against O'Neal on that play that ended up for minus seven. He killed the guard, uh, Ingram, the right guard, Ed Ingram for minus two. That's three plays he made. That was pretty darn impressive. Yeah, he's not there yet, but TJ Slayton is not a terrible nose. Okay, uh, Clark had a hurry. Nice. He had a sack when Cousin ran two of him. Kind of a, you know, whatever sack. Um, Wyatt came back off the knee injury last year. I liked what he showed in this game. Showed a good spin move on a flush. He had a knockdown against, uh, oh, um, uh, against Reisner, the left guard, the ex-Bronco. Yeah. Then he, um, well, he got drilled on a carry for 11 yards. He got shoved out of the hole pretty bad. But then he made, boy, nothing came of it on a late rush. 
but he made a violent head snap against Ed, Ed Ingram, the right guard. Man, I saw, wow, exclamation point. Wyatt can be violent, and he just knocked him right on his ass. Very impressive there. So, you know, Wyatt's got a lot of tools, Tyler, and he has got to come on. He's got to be the next Kenny Clark for him. He really does because Clark's nearing the end. All right, and then Wooden had a hurry on a screen, and then uh, the other guy, uh, Carl Brooks, I thought he made a play, but I don't see my notes. All right, that's it. Let's go to the um, let's go to the edge, people. You know, Gary Brian O'Neill, the right tackle, second round pick in 2018. He blocked the hell out of Nick Boza the week before, and I thought he did a great job against Gary in this game too. He's he's becoming a Pro Bowl player. He ex basketball player. I remember all about him before the draft. This guy's a really good right tackle. Um, Gary didn't get anything, and then he had a roughing the passer penalty. Uh, and then finally he got a sack when he split O'Neal and Ingram working inside. Um, the money, I'm just not into all that anymore, Tyler. I used to be so on top of all the cash and all this. Um, <laughs> they had to re-sign him. They did. Good for them. Good for Gary. Um, Van Ness, again, he does he had one batted ball, but he's just kind of out there. And it's halfway through. He's got to turn it on now the second half. He's got to be their future. And right now, I just don't know. He hasn't done it yet. Preston Smith, you know, he had a hell of a strip stack on an up against a really good tackle, Christian Derisaw. He had another knockdown. That's two really good rushes. He's still pretty darn good, Preston Smith. You got to worry about him. Angabari, you know, he's not the greatest talent in the world, certainly. He had a roughing the passer penalty. That was kind of dumb. But he set a really tough edge later against Derisaw on a carry for minus one. You know, the guy's really physical, and he plays pretty darn hard. That's it on the edges, T. Any thoughts there? Can you elaborate a little bit more on Van Ness? Right, this was a... Uh... I wish Hudikins I could type a pick. You're you're drafting yes. a player with yes. all the measurables you could you could want. I mean, all the numbers position. are fantastic. You know, he's a young kid. He was only at Iowa for three years. Red shirt, one of them. Never started a game. Remember, people laughed at that. But he played a bunch of snaps. Let's look at his numbers. T, the numbers were fantastic. Six five. 275, he ran 462. 20 on the test, 31 vert, 910, good. The bench is bad, 17. 34 inch arms is fine and huge hands, biggest at the position, 11. I like the pick when it was originally made. I don't have that first round in front of me, but I thought it was a good choice at the time. That was my gut feel. I just haven't seen it. He's a young kid, though, you know. And he's supposed to be diligent, you know, a hard-working guy. That's what all the scouts said. Just have not seen it yet, run or pass. I mean, I'm I'm pulling it up here. If we're going to do this hindsight game, right, in light of all the issues that they're having at receiver. Yeah. Green Bay took Van Ness 13th overall. 
the pick from the New York Jets, obviously. Well, host the players that that you could have had. Just just looking at wide receiver. It went Jackson Smith and Jigba at 20. Quentin Johnson at 21. Zay Flowers at 22. Jordan Addison at 23. Who burnt Green Bay in this game, obviously. Dalton Kincaid, tight end to the Bills at 25. I mean, they really, Sam Laporta at 34, obviously later. Now we're getting down to it, but you could have had any wide receiver you wanted at that pick. Yeah. It's really compared to because everybody knew this is a team so young at receiver. Uh, they could just use talent. Nobody liked that group of receivers, Tyler. That's why Flowers stunned me when he went where he did, and he's playing extremely well. And that's why Addison, I was a little stunned at that. Frail, couldn't get off the press. That was the knocks, and the guy's been unreal. So you got to hit these picks, Tyler. And Van S, he might be a player. You know, I just don't know. Gary didn't show anything either his first year. A lot of guys don't show anything, but a lot of people at that position do right off the bat. So, all right, let's go to That's the right. Packer uh, fans are thinking, shit, we could have George Pickens and Jordan Addison, right? Well, I know. I, I get it. It's a game, but well, but Pickens it's over Watson. It, that's reality right there. Pickens over Watson. Yep. All right. Off the ball, backers. Devontae Campbell. Devondre Campbell comes back in the lineup. He beat Ingram on a carry for zero. I liked how he uh, beat him to the spot. He got a knockdown. He's hard to block. He's kind of slippery. He had fresh legs, and I kind of liked him in this game. Later, he missed a tackle on Powell on third and eight, a little guy, little slot, gain of 10. And then there was a leak out man against him to Hawkinson, third and eight, gain was 16. You know what's interesting? Let's go to Quay Walker. Waker, Walker had the green dot on that helmet during that game. It wasn't Campbell. So he was transmitting the call from Joe Barry to the huddle. Really stunned me. But Walker was wearing that green dot. And that's something Scout said he would, well, unless it was later on in his career, that he would doubt, would probably never wear. All right, Walker. He had a nice zone drop. He, you know, he did not bite on the play fake, and then he drops the pick. He tackles high. We've been all through that all the time. Akers on that six-yard touchdown run, Tyler, false steps on the part of Walker. He took himself right out of the play. That was the first rushing touchdown by Minnesota all year. Um, it was in a zone. He did not get to Osborne, 32 yards. Seems like the middle's always open with Quay Walker. That's a hard thing to judge, Ty. Uh, they threw that ball to Hawkinson for 20. The middle's always open, man. He doesn't think well on his feet. All right, that's enough of that. McDuffie never played from scrimmage. That's the linebackers. Let's go to the, the, the DBs, okay? Um, Rasul Douglas, I guess we've covered him. He got blocked forever by the, by the fullback CJ Ham on a wide receiver screen. The gain was 20. He's always getting blocked forever downfield. He can't, he either doesn't want to get off blocks or he's too skinny and he just can't get off. I don't know, but he doesn't, he's not a guy. He was never a guy who was interested in getting into a big frontal collision. Illegal hands to the face against Addison. Um, he got beat on that two-yard touchdown to Hawkinson. 
there was no help from Mullins. I don't know who's at fault. All right, let's go on the other side to Alexander. He's back from, what, a back injury. Um, plays off Addison at third and eight, gained a 10 on the out, you know. I mean, this is supposed to be a premier elite corner. On my notes, I write down he's a pipsqueak against the run. He is, Tyler. He he is so unlike what I see in Detroit all the time, Jacobs and Sutton. Those people lay the wood, man. They are willing to, to stick their face into people in run support, in collision time. Alexander, uh-uh. He won't do it. Douglas didn't do it either. Plays off Addison, gain of 11. Then they put Addison in the backfield. Nice design by by the head coach, O'Connell, and uh, Wes Phillips, the coordinator. Comes out of there, and Alexander just got buried, didn't he? 20-yard touchdown, great throw by Cousins. I've, I've never been an Alexander guy. I think he's more... I don't think there's a lot of substance there. Um, yes, he can guard people in press one coverage. But I don't see him as a physical guy. I see him losing at 50-50 balls. His hands were not good until the first couple, three years. He wasn't a ball guy. And I think he's kind of, never having spoken to him, I can't say this. I think he's kind of a me guy, too. And uh, he got paid. I don't know. They got to deal right with here. him. Four years, $84 million. Now, how Potential he is after getting all that money? What's the guarantee, T? The 40? 30. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. 30 mil signing bonus, 30 mil guaranteed. Okay. Annual salary of 21. So they've got the potential out in 2025, which would effectively make it a three-year 60.6. This is all on SpotTrack.com with the dead cap of 19. So what's he going to be like if this if this season spirals out of control, you know? I don't know. We're seeing it. We're seeing it. Did you catch his post-game viral clip? No. no. Yeah, it's not what you want out of somebody you're paying this kind of money to. Uh, he... You know, he's got the the shades on and he's surrounded by the cameras and the local media and, you know, fair questions, just asking about this touchdown, asking about the issues on defense, where the team goes from here. And um, it was, I guess he was trying to channel his inner Marshawn Lynch. He just kept repeating. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He he had Mm -hmm. some dramatic pauses kind of sprinkled in there too and swaying back and forth with, I don't know. Um, I guess it's cute and cuddly if you're Marshawn at Super Bowl week. It's less cute and cuddly if you're the two and five Green Bay Packers and you're one of the most highly paid players on the team. And this is a team in need of a leader. And a couple weeks prior, you said that the defense has to carry the team because in, in so many words, the offense isn't scoring. So we need to hold teams to nothing or score on defense. It was kind of a, I don't know if it was an outright shot at the offense, but it was, it was, it was something. And then you play like this individually and you play like this as a team on defense. 
yeah, it's not exactly a return on your investment if you're Brian Gutekunst and the Green Bay Packers. So, Ty, I'm just I'm racking my brain right now thinking the corners I've covered. You know, he's a little bit Tyrone Williams, maybe is a little bit like him. Um, now, Terrell Buckley, Ahmad Carroll. I don't see him like the glue talented guys, Mark Lee, Tremont Williams, Doug Evans, Craig Newsom. Anybody that we're forgetting here, guys Mike who would McKenzie. hit. Oh, he was more of a. You no, know, he was a good hit. player. He was good. You don't Damn mind the, the lack of physicality if you're making all sorts of plays on the ball. I do. <laughs> I still hold Deion Sanders at fault for lack of physicality. <laughs> well, what play do we keep coming back to with Jair Alexander, Bob? Divisional playoff round. 2021, number one seed at Lambeau Field, cold, third and medium. Was it third and six, third and seven? Like eight. Eight was eight. Seven. And Kyle Shanahan runs directly at Jair Alexander with the bum shoulder. Pre-contract, right? I think this was pre-contract. So he wants. Yes. Right. He hasn't hasn't gotten his money yet. They run right at him and he doesn't stick his nose in there to tackle Debo Samuel. Debo gains the first down to kick the field goal season over. He's got seven months to recover if he gets a little damage on that play, but he he made a business, a real business decision, didn't he? Those corners I mentioned, Lee, Tremont, Williams, Evans, uh, Newsom, they were all for one, one for all, all for the team, tough players. They'd all hit. Lee didn't hit early in his career, but he did later. He got shamed into it, and he became a tough guy. We'll get into the Lions in a bit here, but it's a different mentality stemming from that head coach compared to this head coach that's stemming from him. Guys, Starts uh, at the top. That's a good point, Bob. Right? Why would anybody change if you're not told to change? And a lot of scouts will say when corners come into a building and they don't hit in college, they will say, well, they'll get into that into that tight-knit organization and they'll get shamed into hitting, shamed into tackling. And I've seen it happen with players, but I haven't seen it with this Alexander. This organization has not shamed him into being a hitter. All right. We're done what do with you think Douglas. Dan Campbell does to uh, a corner passing up this kind of physicality? They don't want him. They do not want them. They're not going to keep them. They're not going to do it. They're not taking those kind of guys, I don't think. They're just not. They got people around here who hustle their ass off in Detroit and hit people. And special teams are really, okay, let's stay here. Nixon, he had a really good game, Tyler. That was the best game he's had this year. Big hit on Osborne. Physical run force, loss of one. Third and three breakup against Paul. Great timing. Played well. I thought he was late on a switch to Hawkinson, pass a 23, but he played a good game. I don't think he's good enough to play outside. He used to be a Raider, and the Raiders didn't think he was much and got rid of him. I talked to one of their people, but he had a good game. The safety, these are just guys, Tyler. Um, You know, it might be their worst position, their least talent. Ford and Owens, are they've been cut and shoved aside. And they're just kind of nothing, guys. They need two safeties. 
period. Savage is not the answer. All right, special teams, that was a mess. Versace, I don't know. Yeah, he was a head coach, and because he was a head coach, all these commentators on TV, they all think he's great. I told you, on the Goslin rankings in his career, like 18 years as a coordinator, he averaged 15th or 16th. He's right in the middle. False start on Valentine on the first punt as a gunner. Levitt gets a hold on a punt. Reed signals for the fair catch and returns it anyway. Nixon, big punt return, callback on Emmanuel Wilson hold. The one good thing, Brooks got the block field goal. Um, and then Carlson got saved on the missed field goal by the uh, by the penalty on the Viking. A really stupid penalty, and uh, I thought that was going to doom the Vikes. So that's it on Green Bay, Tyler. Empty seats is what I'm curious about. It's hard to tell on TV, but the people are there. Rams coming in, don't know if Stafford's going to play. Green Bay's favored. Are people going to go out there on November 5 and watch this? They're going to have 79 like usual, 78. Empty seats are going to happen, Tyler. It just is. I mean, I saw this 30 years ago, and that's the last time they were terrible. It's going to happen, and it's going to be interesting when it starts occurring because you know it's going to happen at the end of the year. Tampa Bay, Chicago games, Charger game. I wonder what the secondary market is on those tickets right now. It never happened the words for out 30 of my mouth. years. You know, really? I'm going to look it up right yeah. now if you want to filibuster for a minute, Bob, because I'm I'm really interested to see what that secondary market is going to look like with. Check it out. Yeah. We got the Chargers in two weeks. There's no interest in them. And then you got Kansas City. That is an attraction. Mahomes. Tampa Bay on December 17. No way. And then the Bears on January 7. That's fighting for a draft pick. Maybe Williams, May, J.J. McCarthy. Who knows? Do you want to hear this, Bob? Yeah. Packers, Rams. This Sunday, yeah. as we record here around lunchtime on a Wednesday, you can see the Green Bay Packers. Now, remember, this is th- th- this is a team that for, for years and years and years we're told impossible to get to Lambeau Field, right? Just the, yes. the tickets are so astronomical, and this is with inflation and everything baked in. Tickets are as low as 49 bucks a piece. Seriously? 49 bucks. Yeah, and now so granted that's, that's way up high, but even let's see. All right, even if you want to get section 131, row 29, 60 bucks a piece. Wow. Yeah. For this iconic wow. organization, Brett yeah. Favre, Reggie White, Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowls, Title Town, Bucket List, the Mecca of Pro Football, you can get yourself a pretty dang good seat on StubHub. In the end zone for sixty bucks, lower level. Hmm. But they have what one hundred twenty thousand season names on the season ticket list, so people will give up their tickets. But they will. A lot of people will still take them, I think. But you don't know hmm. that. They expanded the stadium, you know, at a huge cost. But they have so much money. I guess it doesn't make any difference. And um, you know. There were people who thought, whoa, are they going to be able to sell 80,000 seats 
if if it turns, but it didn't turn for 30 years. So I'm not saying it's going to turn. I picked this team for the playoffs. I guess I got to stick with it. (laughs) (laughs) You're sticking with that? Well, we do have to do our mid-season. Really, we should do it this week, our our mid-season (laughs) re-prognostication. Yeah. And guess what? I'm sticking with my Super Bowl pick. Lions-Jags, baby. That's what it's going to be. Hopefully, people place their bets accordingly when we put that out in August. Now, we're not going to look at that NFC East pick. We're not going to look at the pick that I took the Giants there. We can just look past that, but yes, Lions, Jags. I got the Bungles to win it all, Tyler. How about that? I tell you nice what, shot. They look pretty Maybe. damn good. Go right, along will go be on Lions site and... for the festivities Sunday night at Paycor Stadium. Oh, okay, great. All right, Vegas and the Lions. The last game for Josh McDaniels, right? And Dave Ziegler, the GM. Hell, they gave him 20 months, Ty. What more do you need, right? <laughs> I, I'm really looking marks. forward to your, your take on that, if you want to get into it right away. Me me, and Monas just talked about it on the Go Along show. Uh, I don't know much about either guy, so I got nothing to say. Let's go to the Lions Vegas, okay, T? <laughs> Let them listen to your Monas show. Come on. All right, the Lions. Um, riveting, riveting stuff, <laughs> All right. Um, I like Khalif Raymond. I like him a lot. He's just a little shit. He got cut by a couple teams. He's just money, man. He and St. Brown are money for golf on these third, third and five, third and 11, whatever. He runs crossers. He's a dynamite punt returner. He will go to the house, but he catches everything. He runs up. He's just solid. Makes the feels those fair catches, takes a huge hit on that punt return, just a frontal shot, bounces right up. You know, just, he's just a worker guy. St. Brown, he's just always open. He is, he is. He goes in the right slot, Tyler, and he makes a, a little kind of a foot thing to get a, a release against a jam. Goes down about four or five steps. He's got it all in, you know, choreography. Uh, set up with uh, Goff, makes a move, cuts inside, ball's right there, you know, catches it and wheels, turns up field, gets his 12. He's just open. He's a very physical blocker. Even in the last four or five minutes of this game, I noticed him downfield getting after corners. It's kind of an unwritten rule, you know. They're not going to go after each other, at least late in a game. Same Brown, he doesn't abide by those rules. Dan Campbell, they don't care. They play it, man. He's just a dynamite player. All right, let's go to Jamison Williams. His spacing is, we'll call it questionable. By, by the way, motion. real quick, but this is always my favorite part of the tie Bob pod. The Jamison Williams check from Bob. Step aside, AJ Dillon. There's a new player inside of Bob's doghouse. His name is Jamison Williams. I'm sorry. Maybe we can do like another little intro or whip something together here every time you're about to rip out old Jamison. So it was bad. How many how many snaps did he play? He played 34 snaps. Raymond only played 21. And that Antoine Green, the rookie who can really run, they only gave him five. So anyway, you know, Johnson and uh, Campbell are trying to play the guy. 
comes off speed motion, moving from left to right. I think it was third down or something. No, I get, I know it wasn't. It was second down. At the 12-yard line, turns back for the ball. The ball's there. He drops the damn thing. He can't catch. He couldn't catch at Alabama. He had a ton of drops. He's a coach and QB killer, I wrote down. So they put him in way out wide left because he's been a pretty good blocker. He's a physical guy. And they run a toss his way. And Amik Robertson, a backup corner, is sitting out there. He totally blows the block, and Robertson gets in and makes the tackle for a minus. Now, he comes across on a jet sweep, and they uh, Goff hands him the ball. And I give J-Mo a lot of credit on this. Crosby saw this thing coming. He saw where J-Mo was lined up, and he's really a shrewd operator, old Max. <laughs> and he, he comes right up field, and he drilled the living snot out of J-Mo. <laughs> But Jamo had two hands on that ball, and he did not fumble. I was shocked. Minus six, but no fumble. It was a great play. Plus, you're on um, Jamo terms. Yeah, you're all pal. And then he runs a dig against zone. Nice catch, twenty-two yards. It was a hell of a play. So that brings you back for more. So now that they traded a sixth-round pick for Peoples Jones from the Browns. So they don't believe in JMO. Marvin Jones quit a week ago, so they wanted another body. Uh, Peoples Jones is from Detroit, played at Michigan. They think the local angle, they're working on that. That's not a bad idea. Campbell and uh, Brad Holmes are thinking that. That's not a bad idea. He had a big year last year, Didn't hasn't done anything this year. I haven't seen him. I can't tell you if he's any good, but they got him. Gave up a six. All right, the tight end, let's go to Laporta. He missed a cutoff on a block, gain of two. But, you know, even when he misses, he tries to sustain. He's not afraid as a blocker. He showed no separation deep against David Long in that corner. That was a disappointment. But he runs slants like a wideout. Runs a, goes out there, out wide, runs a slant, gets separation, gain of nine. He gets killed by Crosby on another running play for no gain. But then later, he goes right after Crosby in a pile on the next snap. He is not fearful even of that madman. Everybody's afraid of Crosby. He sits down. He reads zone on third and six. He sits down in perfect chemistry with Goff, and Goff just drills it to him for nine on third and six. For a rookie to be that far advanced with a veteran quarterback, beautiful stuff. Again, he gets killed by uh, No, excuse me. He seals Crosby on a toss to the strong side his way. Toss to Gibbs, and Gibbs circles outside his man block on Crosby, gain of 17. You don't ask young tight ends to do that block, Tyler, but they did it, and it worked. They know what he can do. And then the last drive, Tyree Wilson, the number seven pick in the draft, that guy from Texas A&M, who I assume is is a bust because he's only he only put well, – he hasn't done anything this year. And uh, Laporta, again, knocks this guy five, six yards off the ball into the end zone. The touchdown was called back, but again, it was impressive. And then he dropped the ball late in the game. Laporta's really good. St. Brown's really good. Reynolds is pretty darn good. Yeah, they don't have great talent there unless, you know, 
JMO were to come through, but but they're okay, and they and they get they're kind of getting the max out of those three players, and it's not a uh, it's not a high scoring affair. I mean, I don't know if I see them as a Super Bowl team, Tyler. I mean, they have limitations, but they are so they're kind of overachievers as an entire team. They got unreal fan support. The, the crowd again was on fire. And uh, that's where they are on the on the receiving car. Shall we go on to you or you want to say? Well, I, I just I think you you kind of hit kind of answered my question on Jameson Williams. You look at what rookie receivers are able to do elsewhere. They they can produce right away. This is year two, an abbreviated year two, obviously, with his injury in college delaying the rookie season and then the suspension delaying this season. So give them that, but you would probably like to see more, especially when you look at his own draft. I mean, right, right ahead of him, Garrett Wilson gets taken 10, Chris Olave 11, Jamison Williams, 12. Can you imagine Garrett Wilson in this offense? And you, you just wonder what their draft board really looked like. Um, the granted they traded up to get that pick, but they they were able to, it's not a perfect comparison or contrast. To, to a degree, you make up for it with the Laporta pick a year later, where all, there's all these tight ends. Everybody kind of has different views of them all. Your draft series laid it out perfectly. I believe that was the first part that we had this past spring. You know, I, I couldn't differentiate one from the other, and Laporta just... Seemed like the rest of them. Well, it's pretty clear eight games in, he's a cut above these other tight ends, especially as a receiver, especially in this offense. So uh, you're able to kind of keep humming along with a high pick, second round pick, despite maybe whiffing completely on Jamison Williams. Well, we'll see. Maybe I'm not out on JMO quite as uh, definitively as, as Bob McGinn here, but it doesn't look good, but it's fine. Because Amon Ra, St. Brown is automatic. Khalif Raymond is pound for pound one of the best players in football. Uh, Reynolds, Josh Reynolds has been solid. And Sam Laporta is one of the best rookies in the entire NFL. Could be rookie of the year. I mean, yeah, he's got a shot at it. But the old line, so they're down the center, Frank Ragnall. They're down left guard, Jonah Jackson. And for some reason, they don't want to start Vitae. And then they lose the left guard, Iwasika, in the second half after 61 snaps. So in the final 25, they got Skipper, the 6'9", the giant at left guard. So, you know, they're starting a rookie Sorsdahl at right guard from William & Mary, like a sixth-round pick. And, um, and they didn't move the ball well against the Raiders, and they struggled, you know, early on, and they were struggling. And that's why, you know. But they just made it happen. Now, let's go to Sorsdahl. I thought it was interesting. First time I've really seen seen him. My final comment, he's a future starter. I think it's a, a player, Tyler. He runs well to the perimeter. He did a lot of pulling. Um, man, Crosby ran a stun against him, and he comes over, and he passed it off beautifully and stopped Crosby in his tracks. Man, that, that was textbook. Um, yeah, he gave a hurry. He gave a, a knockdown. He missed Crosby on a pull. I kind of like the guy. 
and I think it might be a good pick. Um, Sewell, Crosby never had a sack. He had two hurries against Sewell. I think Decker's playing really good football now at left tackle. He had a couple misses uh, in the run game. He had a holding penalty. He's, I mean, they got two really good tackles, you know. And Ragnall, they got a buy now. Ragnall will be back. Uh, let's go to the quarterback, T, okay? Goff. He gets the ball out wide. Uh, third and four, he threw that ball to Gibbs on an option route. Even before Gibbs turned around, Gibbs turned, made the catch, kind of juggled because it, he had to adjust his vision late. Ball's out. Jamison drops that ball on him at the 12-yard line. Camera immediately cuts on a close-up to Goff's face. He's a pure pro, T. No change of expression. He's not going to show the guy up. He's not going to show any exasperation. And you know it's tenfold, 100 times with this guy. Goff hangs in against pressure. Goff uses the full field. Goff Goff is rather cautious, but he is decisive and he is accurate. He drilled that touchdown pass to Laporta, 18 yards. Wow, just before the linebacker, I think it was Spillane, could get there. Pick six, terrible, awful. That was the old Goff. Nothing on that ball late to St. Brown. Then he, he was late to get to the sideline, and then he, he should have just taken the sideline, made Marcus Peters cut back, terrible attempted tackle, and then he threw behind Raymond on a third and eight. So it wasn't one of Goff's great games, but he hung in there and got the win. It wasn't a great performance by him. Let's go to Jameer Gibbs at running back. 189 yards from scrimmage. You know, right now, I mean, he's better than Aaron Jones. He, I mean, he's faster than Aaron Jones. Remember, Aaron ran four five eight. He plays a lot faster than that. I don't think Gibbs is as tough in traffic, as, as strong in traffic as Aaron Jones. No, he's not. Aaron Jones is a hell of a back. And I can't say Gibbs is better than him, but he's more, um, he's just, he's faster than Aaron Jones, I guess. All right, let's look at Gibbs. He missed a blitz pickup early. He was, he's been all, all season, he's been close to breaking some long runs. On that draw play, 24 yards, he gained 13 after being stopped in his tracks. It was great second effort. 27-yard touchdown. He gets small, and he bounces it outside. Electrifying speed. Made the corner Jacorian Bennett miss and gained 22 yards after that miss. He kept dancing around Crosby. This is a threat, Tyler. Uh, Montgomery doesn't play. You could see they were struggling running against what initially was a stout Raider front against a bad, against a, you know, stopgap interior line, offensive line. Um, and they missed him, but then Gibbs kept plugging and then they put Craig Reynolds in third string back. This is a Campbell guy, Tyler. This is why this team is what it is from Cutstown. Cutstown, tough kid, third and eight. He gets the damn thing. Eight yards. Um, Peters, Marcus Peters. He wanted no part of him determined, um, it takes two guys to get down. Now he fumbled on the three-yard line going in when Crosby ripped it out. But Craig Reynolds, in his own way, 74 yards in this game, he's just a tough guy. He symbolizes Detroit. They're all kind of tough guys. Yeah. 
even Jamison Williams is willing to block. He's a tough guy in his own fragmented way. There's tough guys all over this damn roster. Goff's a tough guy. That's what they got. And they don't want to, people are ripping them now for not trading for this player, not trading for this player. They don't want to screw up that equation. They just don't want to. And Holmes and uh, Campbell are in sync. They're going to run it their way. And uh, when if they've had a ton of injuries this year and they've had a bad game against Baltimore, they got their butts kicked in, but they bounce back and they, they beat a bad Las Vegas team. Should have been a worse score. All right, D line T. No, go ahead. I I I just I think you put it so perfectly. It's not just a contrast to Green Bay. It's a lot of teams. And I just love hearing it. Right, even as the NFL embraces flag. That's where we're going. We're going to flag football. It's not every week that you see ridiculous flags thrown. It's every game. Even in this reality it still pays to have a team full of tough, hard-nosed badasses like the Detroit Lions. That's what they got, top to bottom. Tyler, you you asked me for a lot of comments about news of the day things, and I never – I just don't have them, but I got one on this. Flag football in the Olympics, thumbs down. I don't care to watch NFL guys in the – I want to see track and field – that's what I love. Okay. And I don't want to see NBA guys in basketball. I'm just not interested in it. You know, I love basketball in its time and I love football in its time, but not in the Olympics. All right. Can I keep going T? <laughs> Strong take because I I'm with you on the football. It looked okay. strange and I love the traditional decades, centuries old Olympic sports completely with you there. I kind of, maybe this is me being a little younger than you. I kind of did like seeing the redeem team. And then four years after that, kind of make up for Athens. Uh, Cause that was brutal. You know, I, the, when the dream team came around to bring it back to 92, I'm only five years old. So not many memories of that. I kind of remember the 96 team beating up on these other countries. And then I remember going downhill from 2000 to 2004 when uh you know Iverson and the gang lost to was it Puerto Rico Carlos Arroyo kind of went crazy on him and it was really cool to just see these NBA stars bring it back and win a gold i get it you should win a gold when your team USA and you have all these at Bob's rolling his eyes this is an audio format but i there's something really cool about just beating these other countries by 60 70 points i kind of like it Kind of, yeah, I do. Tyler, America exceptionalism. Yet. I'm pro America, Bob. Okay. I like it. Tyler, the best stuff was when our amateurs, our college players, were trying to beat the Ruskies, uh, Soviets, the USSR, with Belov, the big seven four center, whatever he was, and trying and trying for year after year, and then finally getting over the hump and winning. That was great stuff, man. We all followed that in high school and college. That was the Olympic basketball uh, pinnacle for me. Sorry, T. All right, let's go to the Lion D, okay? For me, it's, you know, Carmelo Anthony drilling 10 threes in a row and beating (laughs) up on Nigeria by 70. All right, so first time 
they had this guy inactive. They took Isaiah Bugs and they had him inactive, and they played Broderick Martin, the third round pick from Western Kentucky. 6'4, 3'30, 35-inch arms, largest in the class. The guy's a beast. Third round pick. Hasn't played all year, inactive. All right. He really showed great anchor. Only 11 snaps. I watched him every play. I was really curious. A great anchor against a double team. He stuffed uh, James, the center, on third and one, carry for minus one. He knocked the guard Parham on his ass one time. Then he got tur- turned bad on a one and one by the center. James gained a six. They didn't play him after that. They kept with Benito Jones and Akeem McNeil. Martin is somebody. They got killed in that one one running uh, possession, 75-yard touchdown run by the Ra- drive by the Raiders. But Martin's a guy to watch. Got a lot of tools, and he's just a green as grass, but he could be a real nose for them for a long time. Akeem McNeil had the two sacks. Later, he had a batted ball. He had a huge game. Good player. Jones was okay. Uh, Bugs, I don't know what they feel about Bugs. I think he's okay. All right, that's it there. Hutchinson. I watched Crosby a lot, Tyler, and I watched Hutchinson a lot. You know what the difference is? As maxed out as Max Crosby is and as hard as he plays, he still doesn't play as hard as Hutchinson. Hutchinson is nonstop. Every snap he's out there. In this game, he played 43 out of 46, 93%. Wasn't on the field very much. He is nonstop motor. Um, They kept chipping with a tight end in the first quarter. He had a flush. He had a knockdown. He had another knockdown. Um, You know, he hasn't had big sack production this year. He's only got uh, four and a half team high. But he's, they can't afford him. They could not afford an injury to Hutchinson, Tyler. Their pass rush is pretty average right now. Charles Harris has really kind of hit the wall. Didn't play much. They're not playing him. I think they're worried about him. He's, he's getting up there. He's probably like 28 or so. And I think that's a problem. So until Houston gets back, the guy you did the story on, they're playing with uh, the two Aquaras and um, sometimes Jack Campbell out there. Josh Paschal and uh, Kaminsky are more of the five technique uh, with a, some pass rush. So their front is not great, you know. Is it a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning front? You'd have to say no, but um, but the way they're overachieving, you don't know. Uh, the sum is better than the parts here. All right, the linebackers. Campbell, for the first time, played more snaps than Barnes from Purdue, 31 to 17. Campbell's a run-and-hit guy to the sideline. He can really run. He's physical with a take on. And he had a knockdown unblocked of the quarterback, obviously. Okay, now Anzalone, he missed three tackles in this game. And I know they talk about his production and the two sacks in the end when the Raiders had to throw. The guy missed three tackles, and he doesn't miss many. You don't see that on the broadcast, but when you look and you look, yeah, he missed three tackles. He's a good player. Let's go to the secondary, okay? Sutton shadowed Adams this game. He was everywhere Adams went. I don't know, Adams. Um, third and four, 
on their own eight yard line late in the third, down two points, coming out, runs that slant, drops the ball. I mean, are you kidding me? Gets to the sideline, throws his helmet. Now Sutton Sutton had help, of course. They were clouding a safety over to over his way. They generally were able to play a two deep secondary because they didn't really respect the Raiders run game that much. Um, Sutton, Adams' first catch came, first play of the third quarter, a gain of 11. Adams, a feeble block attempt on a bubble. Sutton gets right by the guy, goes in, tackles Hunter Renfro for a gain of one. I don't know what to say about Devontae Adams. I mean, uh, I don't know. He, he was a great player in Green Bay. He had a great quarterback throwing it to him. Everything was good. I don't know. But right now, I wouldn't want the guy. He doesn't play hard. All right, Jacobs, they missed him against Baltimore. He was injured. Um, pass breakup on third and six. You don't see Jacobs doing that much because he really can't run. But the guy's having a hell of a year, Tyler. They lose Emmanuel Mosley. You think they're really going to be hurting? Sutton and Jacobs, do I think they're Super Bowl caliber corners? No. But with Aaron Glenn coaching them in this scheme, maybe yes. They got a really good nickel back and branch. They don't even, the Raiders didn't even go near him. And he's a hitter. He messes up running plays. The safeties, I guess Joseph is a solid starter, the second year guy from Illinois. He had an easy interception, a great PBU against the tight end mayor from Notre Dame. And then Tracy Walker, I don't think he's very good anymore, but he had a sack. Um, he's okay. You can get by with him. Uh, the punter's out of sight, you know. Um, the kickoff guy, that's Fox also, the punter. And then the, the place kicker, Patterson, made four out of five. He missed from 26 at the end. One thing about Max Crosby. He wants to officiate the game all the time. Immediately, when anything happens and a flag's down, oh, he's pointing to the ref. He's he's just gesturing, not just plays involving himself, plays involving players all over the place. He's just officiating the game, man. <laughs> he's something else, isn't he? <laughs> all right, that's it on the Lions, T. <laughs> he's Tim Duncan. I like it. It's a little gamesmanship. I guess if you're gonna, if it's gonna help you. In the end, uh, you'll do it, but it is a little annoying as a viewer, especially from such a talented player. I mean, he really isn't the same class as any edge rusher. All right, the Bears, the the lowly Bears. Okay, so Montez Sweat, they gave up, what, a third for the guy or something? I don't know. From the Redskins? A second, was it? see here bob i don't want to say the wrong yeah it was a second so what's his contract i mean is this a an eight game rental who cares at the end of a lost season i mean they did the same thing with chase claypool a year before right i, I get Good it point. You, you made the trade with carolina you've got the capital to 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 burn no, I, but i wouldn't just I will, burn it if you're the chicago bears you've got a lot of needs did, did you see any of this game tyler no, I didn't. This was a. I mean, Ryan. They kept cutting to Ryan Poles up in the press box, the second-year GM, Tyler. If I was watching that pass rush <laughs> against Herbert, Herbert had all day. He just destroyed him. 
it was horrible to watch. Ngakwe, Nolan Boyd, they got nothing else to rush the passer. This, the Walker guy, he gives great effort to Marcus Walker, and he had a hurry. He's a great effort guy, but he, he can't rush the passer. They, they're not getting it from Dexter or Pickens inside and the passer. They got no rush. Yeah. So I can see where Eberflus is going to get fired anyway. But can you just help me, Ryan? So they get him sweat. At least they got one guy now, you know. <laughs> can you imagine sweat? He's going to get chipped and doubled the whole rest oh, of the season. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Rest. All right. Let's go to Tyson Bajan, right? Let's talk about him a little bit, Tyler. This was his first start after he did pretty well the week before, right? Or No, he beat Vegas as a, as a starter. Yeah. I don't know. But beat anyway, Josh McDaniels gang out there. Yeah. All right. You know the dad, the, the wrist wrestler, arm wrestler, you know this guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We was, talked about him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He was on NFL Network at the Combine. Then he was on the Senior Bowl. All right, so he's got a really cocky dad who's really funny. I like the guy. Bajant, let's go through it. He's got a, a pretty darn live arm, Tyler. He's the undrafted free agent from Shepard. He throws a very tight spiral. I'd match that spiral with anybody. He has a very rapid drop back. He threw a dime on a bootleg to the left. It was a nice play. He eluded a dead sack, again, showing agility. He had a terrible lob interception. He had a great throw to DJ Moore over the linebacker, Eric Kendricks. He's poised and bright-eyed. 40-yard um, touchdown drop by Velas Jones. He stumbles in the end zone. It was horrible. Next play, bounces right back, throws a nice touchdown to uh, Komet against Kendrick. Uh, he's athletic enough to be the primary target on a throwback screen, on a throwback except Khalil Mack smelled it out and the ball was never thrown. He gets the checkdowns readily for a young guy from Shepard. I mean, that was impressive. Let's get his test score, Tyson Bajan, Tyler. 27. So he can think well. He made dangerous throws to the sidelines, two near interceptions. Um, He's got a fast release. He's not all bad. Now, Fields is going to be back. But it's a hell of a signing, and Tyson Bajant is not bad. That's it on the Bears, Tyler. I mean, um, what are they, 2-6, and six, Green Bay's 2-5? and five. Boy, that finale at Lambeau could have massive ramifications on the draft, couldn't it? Yeah, and, and when you break down Bajant, you have to think there's part of Ryan Poles that really regrets not trading Justin Fields when his value was so high because at least you know you have a quarterback who can function the rest of the year, not win a ton of games. <laughs> you get a look at a young player. Maybe he's the uh, the backup for Caleb Williams or Drake May in 2024, and you get some I, – I would think they would have gotten a somewhat decent return on Fields out of that – game against Washington, but alas, they'll uh, roll fields back out there. He'll probably win a game or two that costs them a high pick. They do have Carolina's pick, but Carolina also just beat Houston. 
it's going to be awfully interesting as uh, the NFL season kind of moves through the holidays for the Bears, for the Panthers, and holy heck, for the Green Bay Packers, probably. All right, you have a memory for us, Bob? Let's go with it. So, Tyler, you know the Packers have not scored a touchdown in the first half of five straight games. <laughs> They've been kind of slow starting team. So kind of. That's the that's the worst since 1988 when they also had what they had six games then. And Eric Gosca, our consummate statistical ace, <laughs> has helped me out here. Um, there are five other runs of six straight. 1988, when they scored three points in the first halves of six games. 1977, Bart's third team. They scored nine points in those six first halves. And then 1933, 1932, 1923, and 1922, they also went six games with no touchdowns in the first half. So, Tyler... Let's let's look back and relive the 1988 season. You know, it could end. <laughs> Do we really want to compare the Packers to the 1988 Packers? Oof. Well, if they don't get a touchdown this week against the Rams in that first half against Aaron Donald, they will be right with them. So the Pack in 88, Lindy and Fonny's first season. <laughs> And uh, all right, so I got the uh, the Green Bay Prescott at sports section. So they went to your town, Tyler, to start this streak on October 30, right around Halloween at Buffalo. Rich stadium, then, Ty. 79,000 showed to see the vaunted pack. And the Bills won it, one of the great Bill teams again, 28 to zip. The pack had 10 first downs. They had 131 yards. Don Mikowski was the QB. Randy Wright was the starter that year for, for Jalindo Lindy, but he missed three games with a groin injury. So, so Mikowski took the wheels. He's from uh, Depew, New York, the That's Buffalo right. suburb. And Magic's, uh, he, took, he took so much punishment that day, Tyler. Even Marv Levy went out of his way to, to salute the guy. He said, it takes great courage to do what Mikowski did today. Passer rating, 32.7. He just got drilled. I mean, they had no chance. The guard, Rich Moran, says, I, I just think we got our ass kicked. It was pretty ugly. They were totally inept. I'm looking at my story. They had 50, 54 through the air. The Bills are 8-1. Uh, Ed West, the great tight end, said, playing physical, that's the name of the game. We got whooped. Um, Ronnie Hallstrom, the guard, was mistake after mistake. Players, you know, they didn't beat around the bush after those games, Tyler, back then. They they called a spade a spade. It wasn't all podium crap. And the coaches were, you know, you could get coaches, assistant coaches. And I don't What fun would it be to cover the NFL today? You can't get people. It wasn't fun in my last 10, 15 years. You just, you can't talk to people. That's well, that's right. what we try to do different here, right? I mean, it's it's a matter yeah. of sitting down with these guys at length, one-on-one, away from that setting, 
That's what I'm always striving to do, right? Even if it's over a lunch, a dinner, a somewhere else at the facility, right? You you get out of that that locker room situation. I think there's something physically about kind of getting into cliche mode when you're when you're just there, surrounded by groups of reporters, an amoeba you know, moving about. Tyler, I'm going to mention this. You know, before unrestricted free agency in 93, players were in one city, you know, and there was a lot of access in those locker rooms and all during the week. And you got to know players. Um, I got to know James Lofton, Mike Douglas, Ken Rutgers, you know, on and on and on. And, And so then after these horrible defeats, you'd go up to these guys and you'd get them alone and they're they tell you what they're thinking, you know? Yeah. And these stories, these stories I'm reading here reflect this. Well, let's go on and you, you'll kind of hear from these quotes. All right. The next week they go to Atlanta, Atlanta, Fulton County stadium. Atlanta is a terrible team. 29,952 at Atlanta. Tyler, the NFL was not, it was different then. Look at these attendants and it's going to get, there'll be other ones. All right. Green Bay gets beat 20 to nothing by the Falcons. That's the worst ranked defense in the league against that worst defense. They had 13 first downs, 284 shutout. That's the second time they were shut out uh, in a season. First time since 1932, both teams came in two and seven. Um, All right. What was said Falcons top punchless Packers. Moran said, that's bad. We're going to get ripped. We deserve it. Lindy said, uh, about the offensive line and all that. It's the nuts and bolts of the game. It's the girders of this foundation, this structure. I would be shocked if some of our guys weren't wondering right now. You know, this first-year coach who can't even move the ball. Um, uh, somebody asked Mikowski, um if the second-year quarterback, Mikowski was going downhill. I think that's a poor choice of words. Later, when asked about personnel, Lindy said, we're not junking anybody or anything. He was not going to junk his system, his flush formation. That's right. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> the flush was formation, horrible. that's what got Fikowski just murdered. Yep, it did, exactly. All right, let's move on to the next game. The third of six in which they did not score a touchdown in the first half. This is back at Green Bay. They are hosting the Colts. Chris Chandler under center. And uh, in this one, Green Bay lost at 20 to 13. 22 first downs, 297 total yards. Pretty good. Uh, But Green Bay lost four fumbles in this game, Tyler. They recovered a fumble at the Indianapolis one in the third quarter. And Lindy had to decide to kick a field goal from the one. His first three plays were so bad. So they're down 20 to 16 with 236 left. 20 to 6. They still haven't scored a touchdown in 12 quarters. Then Mikowski passes them down the field for a touchdown. They recover the onside kick. They get the ball to the Indy 4 with 13 seconds left. Fall apart, fail, lose it by 7. A great late rally at Lambeau. Um Lindy says, I commend these guys in the way they try. The bottom line is we can't turn the ball over as many times as we did. 
The bottom line is we lost. Another tough one <laughs> for this team that's now two and eight. A nice stroll down de- depressed, <laughs> depressed memory lane. All right. So now in the back of our mind, we thinking we're thinking, can the pack get to this point? And right now we don't know, Tyler. <laughs> All right. Game 12 at Milwaukee. They're going to play the Lions. Okay. Daryl Rogers here on just YouTube got fired. While you uh, break it down. You're checking it out. Okay. Daryl oh, yeah. Rogers. I got, got the highlights fired. rolling right here. Wayne Fonts comes over. 44,000 show at County Stadium. The lowest crowd since 1961, T. They're turning their back down in Southeast uh, <laughs> Wisconsin. But in the Press Gazette, we were all about the Aikman watch. Every week now at this point, December, November 20, we run a box. The race for the first pick, the race for UCLA QB Troy Aikman. The pack is favored by four. They lose it 19 to nine. They gain 356 yards, 24 first downs. Don Langenkamp, our late great columnist at the Press Gazette, writes, how low can they go? Don't ask. And how'd this one look? Lindy was asked about the number one pick. And in other words, tanking was not the word in that time of era. That word, there was no tanking. I I never heard that word. Lindy said, I don't want the number one pick at the expense of this football team losing one more game. We're going to work our tails off not to have the number one pick. Hopefully we can put an end to that kind of talk. We're not sacrificing anything. We've worked too hard, too long, spent too many hours. There's too much sweat and injury and pain and heartache for us to consider anything else but playing the absolute best we can the rest of the season. (laughs) So Hank Bulla, I asked Hank afterwards about this. He says, I don't care who we lost a game to. Rusty Hilger, Joe Blow, it makes no difference. He's getting paid. Asked if the defense play hard, they play hard all the time. The moment they don't, I'll let you know. All right. So they get beat, and they've lost four in a row, and I think they're 2-11 and 11 now or something. And now, good grief, they got to go to Soldier Field, you know. And they're still really good with Vince Tobin running the D and Iron Mike Ditka on the sideline, and they got to go down there on November 27th. Chicago's favored by 14. You know, it's the kind of thing where you go out there at that point, Tyler, and you just think how many guys are going to get hurt, you know. They lose it 16 zip. They get nine first downs, 189 yards, 22 yards rushing. That's the low for the pack since 1956. They drive the ball five times inside the Chicago 30, but keep coming apart. They've got two touchdowns now in the last 21, 21 quarters. Uh, any quotes here? <laughs> the Bears were complimentary, actually. Um, Lindy said we played against an awfully good defense. One of these days, our offense is going to show up. Part of the problem is I'm not guessing right very often if Bonnie admits. At times today, we didn't run the ball badly. 
But then I started calling some passes to create some big plays. We're probably throwing the ball too much. All right. So that wow. was routine. Now we'll go to game six, which this, this Packer team has not, uh, not gone that far. And they go another game six with, with no touchdown in the first half. They're at Detroit. Detroit's terrible. And they lose 30 to 14. They get 21 first downs and 360 yards. They're now 2-12. and 12. Randy Wright starts with D- Mikowski down with a bum shoulder. The Silverdome crowd, 80,000 in that Silverdome, Tyler, 28-124. The Packer fans, they used to jam the Silverdome later on after the, when the Wolf era started. They weren't jamming it then. And the Lion fans, they didn't give a shit about Green Bay. They dropped about 10 passes. <laughs> they had lost three fumbles and, and right through three picks. That's six turnovers. Wright was knocked down 13 times by my count. That's before the rules, Tyler. It was open season on QBs. And finally, I asked Lindy this question. I remember asking him. I said, are you now, would you now call yourself a bad football team? <laughs> and his response was, I would not label us as a bad football team. We play bad sometimes, but that doesn't make us a bad team. All right. And that's the end. And the last quote I want to give you is from uh, Brian Noble. I go up to him and I said, well, what about this? He said, I sense, he says, I think the Lions were having a good time. What the hell? They're playing us. <laughs> All right, that's it. But then they turned it around, unfortunately, and they defeated the Vikings at Lambeau, and then they whipped the Arizona Cardinals out in the desert. They did not get the first pick. The Cowboys got that first pick, got yep. Troy Aikman, led to three Super Bowls. The Pack got Mandrich. Then the pack got Favre later on. They never would have had Favre. But Lindy turned it around, and then he was coach of the year. Cody, as players called him, the next year, 10 and 6. And then it fell apart the last two years. Tyler, I'm sorry for rambling. I'm done. I love it all. It's incredible to think back to what what happened through those games that set the course for, for the NFL, really. I'm, I'm re-watching that Packers-Lions highlight, and there's this running back, Gary James. He had a three-year career for the Lions. That third and final year was there with the in 88. And there's a play he, like, leaps. He leaps atop the lineman, and, like, three or four Packer players hit him, should have him. And he's going to bounce his off and gains another 15, 20 yards. Um, had a fine season, and the Lions, uh, <laughs> they decided to draft Barry Sanders that next year anyway. So think, things worked out there. And it's crazy that Green Bay, the next year in 89, I, I loved talking about that season with Don Mikowski when we had that story a couple of years back going down memory lane. I mean, that was a team. All the comebacks. Well, sorry, my internet's a little unstable. We're good now. A ton of comebacks. I mean, Mikowski is second in the MVP voting. They beat the 49ers at Candlestick. So they, they and the 49ers won the Super Bowl that year. They, they win on the road at San Francisco. And this is the year before they expanded the playoff format. So they don't even get into the playoffs at 10 and six. 
feeling that good about themselves. Who knows what would have happened if they get in? They would have had the confidence to beat the best team in the league. So it's crazy that they were that good the next year after being <laughs> that terrible in 88. All righty, yeah. Bob. Any final thoughts before we sign off? No, sir. Nope. We'll uh, crank it up next week. Thanks for listening and uh, putting up with us, Tyler. <laughs> Thank you so much for putting up with us, everybody. It's always a lot of fun. Go longtd.com and write in your email inbox and write on Substack. Be sure to share with a friend. If you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the written stories, our player profiles, uh, the team stories, and of course, Bob's excellent series. Uh, looking back at what these scouts said about the likes of Travis Kelsey, Brock Purdy, Justin Fields. We're going to have one on Geno Smith this week. It's it's excellent. And it's not just with the scouts in the past. Bob does such a great job of connecting it with everything that they're saying about these guys today with the context of how they're playing today. So I love the Travis Kelsey piece, Bob. That was probably my favorite so far. <laughs> just amazing. Thanks. I mean, the quote from, I mean, all the quotes were great. I'm paraphrasing, but the one scout who said, you know, he's a dumbass, he's a smart ass, anything with the word ass in it, that's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and now he's an all great. So amazing. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you next week.